Our scripture reading for today comes from the book of Ephesians, the third chapter, verses 14 to 21. Listen with me for the word of the Lord. Paul is speaking, this is why I kneel before the Father. Every ethnic group in heaven or on earth is recognized by him. I ask that he will strengthen you in your inner selves from the riches of his glory through the Spirit. I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through faith. As a result of having strong roots in love, I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width and length, height and depth together with all believers. I ask that you'll know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge so that you will be filled entirely with the fullness of God. Glory to God who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and always. Amen. Well, I echo the words of uh, Carol just a few moments ago up here of what a joy it was this week to share uh, VBS with more than 100 people from our church, including more than 50 of our kids. And our theme this week was to Mars and beyond. And so we've been exploring the far reaches of the universe in search of some truly rare elements, faith, boldness, kindness, and hope. And our kids had some profound reflections about those elements and the Bible stories that went along with them this week. And so this morning I am delighted to share the sermon with four of our students who were at VBS this week. You'll hear first from Dan Troster on the element of faith in the story of Daniel. From Jillian Fry on the element of boldness in the story of Esther from Katie Baker on the element of kindness in the parable of the Good Samaritan, and from Luke Bucciero on the element of hope in the story of the road to Emmaus. Dan, kick us off. This, my name is Dan, and this week we have learned a lot. Of the many things we learned, we learned about the story of Daniel and the lion's den. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den because he refused to pray to the prayed to the king as the law said that you could only pray to him, and Daniel only prayed to God. The king said to Daniel, May your God who you continually serve rescue you. Daniel praised the Lord and prayed to God. Daniel had faith in God that he would help him. The next morning the king found Daniel still alive, and the king said, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? In Daniel chapter 6, verses 21 and 22, Daniel describes what happened. Daniel explained, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, and, sh and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight. We learned that Daniel had faith in God. Like Daniel, I had faith Two, one day on the bus ride from from school, some girls wanted my seat. I felt nervous and hoped they would leave. I did not move from my seat. Finally, they stopped asking and trying to get me to move. I had faith that I would be okay. I stood up for myself and had faith in God. They stopped asking.
Good morning. I'm Jillian Fry, and I'm here to tell you about boldness and how it relates to your faith and bond with God. On the second day of Vacation Bible School, we learned about Queen Esther and how she showed boldness by her faith. Queen Esther was married to a king who she loved very much. One day, the king's advisors tricked him into making a law against Jews. Everyone in the kingdom had to begin worshiping the king. One day, Esther was found praying to God. The king saw what happened, and since he loved the, king, the queen so much, he changed the law. Esther showed boldness by not giving up for what's right and always having faith in God no matter what happens or what happens to her. In sixth grade at my school, we go on a camping trip with half of the grade. I didn't want to go because I get homesick pretty fast, but my parents made me do it anyway, and I'm glad because I really learned a lot from that trip. I made new friends, learned new things, and most importantly, I learned that if you have boldness, God will help you and guide you through, even if it means being scared at first. Thank you for listening, and I hope next time you're faced with a scary or daunting situation, you listen to God and use your faith to get through. Hello, my name is Katie Baker, and I'll be talking about the Good Samaritan. In the story of the Good Samaritan, a lawyer put Jesus to the test. He asked, I know the law says to love God with all my heart and to love my neighbor as myself, but who is my neighbor? Jesus told him this parable. One day, a man was walking and robbers beat him and stole everything he had. He was in desperate need of help. Along came a priest. He saw the man, but didn't stop. The same thing help happened, but with the helper in the temple. Then, along came a Samaritan. When he saw the injured man, he stopped. The Samaritan cleaned up the man's wounds. He lifted the man onto his own donkey and took him to an inn. In the morning, the Samaritan gave the innkeeper two silver coins and said take, to take good care of him. Then Jesus asked, who was the neighbor? And the lawyer said the Samaritan. Even though the Samaritan acted like your neighbor, all of the people are your neighbors. Now go and do as the Samaritan did. The theme in the story is kindness. Kindness is shown in the story by the Samaritan. When he saw something wrong, he stopped and helped someone. He helped by finding an inn and dressing the man's wound just because he thought it was right. God is calling out to us to be kind, not only to people we know, but to everybody. God calls us to be kind and to be a good neighbor by helping a friend when they are sad, volunteering at things like Feed My Starving Children and Bernie's Book Bank, and to help with chores around the house. The lesson in the story is to be kind and help others. I got a chance to do this by joining a program in my school called STRONG. STRONG stands for Saving the Rights of Needy Groups. Some things that I did for STRONG were food drives, bracelet sales, and writing positive messages on the sidewalk. All of these things were for building a well to transfer clean water to people living in Ethiopia. You can not only be kind to people you know, but you can be a neighbor to the world. Hi, hello, I'm Luke Puchero, and I'm going to share the story of Emmaus. After Jesus was crucified, two of his disciples were walking on a the road. They had heard rumors that Jesus' tomb was empty. They were very depressed. The two thought Jesus was the Messiah, but when he died, they had lost all hope. Then a man, Jesus, walked up and asked why they were sad. Cleopas, one of the disciples, told them what had happened over the past three days. Then the three men set off for dinner. 
At the table, Jesus broke the bread, and the two disciples' eyes were opened, for they knew Jesus was before them. As soon as he came, he disappeared. In this story, hope was not present all the time. The disciples hoped that Jesus was the Messiah, but when he died, they lost their hope. As Jesus approached them on the road, he reminded them that the Messiah had to suffer for them to be saved. During dinner, when they realized he was Jesus, all hope was found. In real life, hope is everywhere, and the hope makes the impossible possible. For example, I imagine you all think a world, a world without war is impossible, but, but through hope, we have a world of peace. Or it might seem impossible that no child will go hungry, yet God gives us hope that every child can be fed. Even as an athlete, you have to hope you will get to go to tournaments and get high scores, or in my case, get regionals or state in swimming. The hope, God, the hope God gives us leads to eternal life. Hope is everywhere, like air. It helps us live, but we can't see it. It makes the impossible possible. What a joy it is to be up here this morning with our students. I'm grateful to each of you for the word that God is speaking to us through you this morning. As I mentioned earlier, our theme at VBS this week was to Mars and beyond. And so one day this week, we invited in an astronomer to give a presentation to our students about the universe. He showed us close-up images of planets and stars and galaxy, and he shared with us some truly amazing things about our universe that I'd like to share with you this morning. So let's start in our own solar system, where you may know we are one of eight planets. Sorry, Pluto is out, so we're down to eight now. But eight planets hardly seems like many when you consider that they estimate there are around 30 billion planets in our galaxy, the Milky Way. And the Milky Way is our home, but it too hardly seems like anything special when you consider that we are one of about 10 billion uh, galaxies in the universe. And we appreciate our sun, but our sun is just one of about 100 billion stars in our galaxy. So if you're trying to keep track of all those numbers, everything adds up to mean that in the entire universe, scientists estimate that there are about one billion trillion stars. That is a one followed by 21 zeros. So how did the universe get so big? And how did it all begin? Most scientists agree that the universe began about 13 billion years ago from a singularity, a tiny, infinitely dense point of matter smaller than an atom. And then somehow, some way, the universe began to expand faster than the speed of light, beginning with an event that we call the Big Bang. And the universe has been expanding ever since for 13 billion years and counting, all from that unimaginably small point of matter. Earlier this week, I heard one of our students ask the astronomer, do you believe in the Big Bang? Without hesitation, the astronomer looked back at our student and he said, well, 
scientists don't exactly believe in anything. <laughs> we just look at all of the evidence and try to figure out what the most likely explanation is. But yes, he continued. When it comes to the beginning of the universe, most scientists agree that the evidence points to the Big Bang. So what is that evidence? What's the evidence scientists point to in support of the Big Bang? Well, it's something called the cosmic microwave background radiation, or CMBR for short. Basically, scientists hypothesize that the radiation left over from the Big Bang is still out there in the universe. And we can't see it with the naked eye, but with special telescopes, scientists can observe this CMBR everywhere in space. Obviously, we can't go back in time and watch the Big Bang unfold, but we can observe the evidence of it in the universe. And from that evidence, we can conclude that the Big Bang is responsible for every last one of those billion, trillion stars in our universe. I don't know about you, but when I look up at those stars in the night sky, and I wonder about how it all came from that one tiny point of matter all those years ago, it couldn't be any more clear to me that God's power is at work in the universe. And that was our message at VBS all week. Understanding God's power at work in the universe and at work in each of us. And it was the message of our vector verse this week that you've heard a couple times now. Ephesians 3.20. Kids, let's say it together one more time. Adults, you can join in. It's on the cover of your bulletin if you'd like. Ready? Glory to God who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Good job. And you know, as I thought about our vector verse this week, I realized that the Big Bang is a lot like God's power at work within us. Just like we can't see the Big Bang, we can't exactly see God's power at work within us. But we can see the evidence of it. If the CMBR is the evidence of the Big Bang, then what is the evidence of God's power at work within us? Well, for me, the evidence is what our four students just shared with us this morning. God's power is at work in our faith, as it was in Daniel when he trusted in God's presence in the face of death. God's power is at work in our boldness as it was in Esther when she risked everything to save her people. God's power is at work in our kindness as it was in the Good Samaritan when he loved his neighbor in spite of their differences. And God's power is at work in our hope as it was in those two disciples along the road to Emmaus when they encountered the risen Christ in their midst. God's power is at work in each of us, at work in the world all around us. 
So what's the evidence of God's power at work? We are. God's power is at work in our own acts of faith, boldness, kindness, and hope. And when God's power works through us, it creates a different kind of CMBR in the world. A radiation that's evidence of God's power and love and presence among us. So here's my charge to all of us at the end of this VBS week. Let's be the cosmic microwave background radiation of God's love in the world. Creating evidence of God's power at work within us. Let's radiate faith, boldness, kindness, and hope so that everyone we see will see the afterglow of God's power still at work in the world. From the Big Bang to today. For 13 billion years and counting. Amen.